woke up in a headspace of a ghost gone wrong like I don't exist. I guess I'll just stay on again. In line for the airplane, a knife in my back with your fingerprints. Tick, tick, tick on the second hand. What to say, I don't know. What the hell did I look for? God, this place is so cold. Is this life after post war? All the world in my phone. Feeling my throat sore Maybe I should just go Maybe I should just go home Find me in my safe place Girl, look tight, I don't have to think No lights on in the aftermath I'm still waiting for a daybreak Sunrise eyes, can you comfort me? Stay right here till it all comes back Say I don't know what the hell did I hope for? God, this place is so cold. Is this life after post war? All the world in my phone, all the feeling my throat sore. Maybe I should just go. Maybe I should just go home. me so why is disappearing easy if you love me so why do we never speak if you truly care could you just be there if you truly care could you just be there what to say i don't know what the hell did i hope for God, this place is so cold Is this life after post-war? All the world in my phone All the feeling my throat sore Maybe I should just go Maybe I should just go home going on it's it's just another thursday in the tamale mafia universe here at the tamale mafia podcast the place where everything and nothing collide so normally i end with that first opening track that's our outro music i use the instrumental version of from our good dear friend lim But today I thought, you know what, why not stick it up front so I can play the full lyrical version. Um, Man, love that guy. Love that music. He did that whole thing himself. That whole whole album, uh, it took him like a year to do it, but all the sounds you hear, all the vocals, all the layers, all the like breaths and breathing and like everything that's in that track, he created himself, by himself. So... um, that's one of the reasons why I love that music so much is because I know the work that he put into it and I really, really respect it. I couldn't, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't know. Maybe I could, but, uh, I don't think I have the patience to spend a year doing that. <laughs> oh man. So how are you guys doing? Huh? Did you guys enjoy the, the Monday episode. Did y'all enjoy the Monday episode there? The masculinity conversation I had with my best bud Brewster. 
I hope to get Brewster back, um, and he will. He'll come back because I love talking with him, and uh, we always have good conversations about good topics. And sometimes things um, don't go the way we plan them to because we'll get stuck on a topic, uh, and then it'll we'll chase it down a way deep down a rabbit hole, <laughs> and uh, and that's always interesting. But um, so let's see. A few of you guys checked out that episode, so that's good. That's good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I want to say before I go too much further, I want to say hello. I wish I knew how to say it in the proper language, but this guy or girl or other um, over in the Netherlands, man. Welcome to the show. You have become one of my favorite people. I don't know how you found us, but um, the fact that you keep downloading at new episodes on the day they come out just makes me so happy. Um, I'm assuming you understand English. Do they speak English in the Netherlands? What do they speak in the Netherlands? I don't even know. Let's Google that. Hang on, okay. What do they speak in the Netherlands? Dutch. Oh. Dutch, German, and more. Languages in the Netherlands. Dutch. So, how, how do you say... Hello in Dutch. Hello. <laughs> Is it that simple? Oh, man. We couldn't hear that, could we? Uh, let's see here. Turn the music down here for a sec. Hello. That's English. Hello. 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 Oh man, that's so gangster. Hello, like holla, hello, friend in Netherlands. Um, let's see. Welcome to the show. Welcome by the show. Welcome by the show. Welcome by the show. By the show. Welcome by the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome by the show. Well, welcome by the show. You're awesome. Je bent geweldig. What? Je bent geweldig. Geweldig? Je bent geweldig. Je bent geweldig. Je bent geweldig. Je bent geweldig. You're awesome. You bent geweldig. <laughs> All right. So, hello to our pal in the Neds. Hey, um, go to go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia, and uh, say hello. Say hello there. Let me know who you are and. Maybe we can figure out how you how you found us, and then from there, uh, I don't know. Maybe I could send you something. I, I could send you. Um, I don't know what I, I don't. I don't know what I have around here to send you, but um, I can send you something. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll send you my dog. No, I wouldn't do that to my dog. Put him on a boat. <laughs> Riley, you want to go on a boat? You want to go on a boat trip to the Netherlands? Uh, he doesn't look that intrigued by that. Let's see. I don't know. I'll send you something. I'll send you a hat. It's not a Tamale Mafia hat. It's an old hat. <laughs> it's an old uh, an old Dallas Cowboys hat, all sweaty and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, I think that I thought that was pretty cool because I was like, wow, somebody in the Netherlands and then it, they just you, you, uh, the Netherlands listener just keeps every time I put out a new episode, bang. One of the first people to download 
right out of the Netherlands. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's more than I can say for even myself. Sometimes I don't even listen to the show. I try to, but it's like I was there. I was there when I said it, and I was there when I edited it. Do I really have to listen to it again? I mean, struggling to get you guys to listen to it once, and I'm trying to listen to it four times? Come on. Give me a break here. Um. Anyway, Australia and France. Hey, Australia came back. Hang on a sec. Let's go back. Let's go back. Australia came back. They kind of fell off. They fell off for a little bit. Where did you guys come back? Mm-mm-mm. Brisbane. Hey, Brizzy. Thanks for listening, Brizzy. I wish you would tell me what episode you came back on, but uh, I'm sure I can figure it out long in the long haul. And we have a listener from France. And uh, hey, France, sorry about the uh, to hear about the old Notre Dame, man. But I'm glad it wasn't as bad as everybody thought. We initially thought the thing was burned to the ground. And that was horrific, the thought of that. Because I was like, dude, I never got to go over and see it. And I love old Catholic churches. Like, I love going in them. And just, there's just a feeling, like a, a spiritual feeling. I can't explain it unless you, maybe, unless you've been there and you understand what I'm talking about. But when you walk into an old ancient Catholic church, that's like, way older than you and your grandparents and your great grandparents, you know, something that's been there for well over a hundred years. Um, maybe over 200 years, but when you walk into one of these places and then you see like, they have a little thing that says like, this is this wall here was part of the original structure that was built in like 1504 or something. You're like, Oh my God. How is that still there? How does that still exist after so many years? It's amazing. Anyway, there's there's just a feeling. There's like an energy that you get from it. And uh, I love it. I love going into those old places. And it's kind of like a creepy, it's maybe creepy, a little bit creepy sometimes. Um, But, you know, that's probably just the movies in my head. Um, So anyway, what's up with the United States here? What's up? Um, Burleson kicking ass. <laughs> Remember when Burleson had one listener for like three solid weeks? Then I was like, come on, Burleson. I know most of that city can't stand me. I'm an enemy of that city. Um, in fact, when I when I go there, it's like they meet me at the, uh, at the little city limits there. They always have a little a little blockade. Um, and I can't, I'm never, I'm not allowed through the, the checking IDs and they're like, Oh, it's you get out of here. Um, obviously I'm exaggerating that that's not true, but that city and I have history <laughs> and mostly because, um, I worked at several churches in that city and it's a little tiny city with the most amount of churches you'll ever of any city you'll ever go to. It's like a little bitty, uh, I would call it maybe a town. It's a little, it's a little city. It doesn't have that many people, but you could probably go to a new church in that city. Like if you went every Sunday to a new church, you could probably go for like six months without doubling back. (laughs) There's literally churches that share parking lots and build across the street from each other. And then um, if you have, like, one church that's like, oh, we can't get along, and then they split, uh, then those now, they, now you have two churches, and they will build across the street from each other and, um, and then battle for people. <laughs> anyway, oh, Burleson, I'm sorry for shitting on you. I keep shitting on Burleson, but oh, that's City and I. Anyway, whoever's listening to Burleson, man, 
thanks. But I'd also kind of like to know who you are too. Because are you like are you listening because you're a fan, um, or are you listening because you're just trying to figure out what the hell is this guy up to now? Um, because I'm I when I see the names the name Burleson pop up on the list, I I think, oh yeah, that's somebody trying to check up on me. What the hell is that guy up to now? Uh, so maybe not. Dallas slacking a little bit. My Dallas friends slacking this this past couple of weeks. San Antonio coming in strong. Houston really strong. Where are all my Houston listeners? How, I, how come I have so many listeners in Houston? And I didn't think I knew anybody in Houston. So that's interesting. Um, and then a bunch of other places. Oh, Kerrville. Awesome. Austin. All right, Austin. Arlington coming in with one. Way to go, uh, little little rock, little rock, Arkansas, nice. Um, hey, Northport, somebody's listening in Northport. I used to live in Northport, Florida. I got some friends there, so which whatever one of you is listening, it's just one of you. <laughs> Thanks, and uh, don't be a stranger. Jeez, um, Philadelphia, don't can't. Can't say I know who that is, but I've never really been a fan of that city. I need to stop shitting on people that are listening to my podcast. <laughs> I'm over here like, I want more people to listen to my podcast, and then I go through the city list, and I'm like, oh, fuck that city. <laughs> Sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. Hello. Hello. Where'd my music go? Oh, here we go. Yo, if you like this podcast, you can find it all over the place. Anywhere podcasts are found, you will find this podcast. All you got to do is hit the old Google, go to your favorite podcast um, app, listening device, platform, whatever. Um, hit the search bar there. Type in Tamale Mafia. We're the only one. You don't have to contend with a list of a thousand and try to find my picture. Now, they'll give you other results that they think are close because they want to have a list, but... We are the official and the only Tamale Mafia podcast. Now, as usual, if you find this podcast interesting in any way, I ask that you tell your friends about it. Do a little like, a comment, a share, send a link over to somebody, tell them, hey, listen to this. Our friend over in the Netherlands, I believe you've done that. I, I trust that you have told your friends because I think there's more than one listener in the Netherlands. So tell your friends and have them listen. And then they will tell their friends and then have they will listen. Um, and this thing will just keep growing. Why do I want it to grow? I don't know. But I've got goals in mind. And my, some of my goals are listener-based. So once I get to a certain number of goals, uh, listeners, downloads, whatever, I will put out a new form of, or uh, open a new idea. I will dig in the old hat, pull something out, and then a new thing will be available here. Does that make sense? Like, uh... I don't know. I've got some ideas for things coming up. I'll release extra content. I'll start doing video stuff. I'll, you know, there's like things that I have in mind. There's ideas that I have, but um, I got to hit my my listener based goals first. And you can help me do that. Yes, you can.
All right, have you guys been watching the uh, the old NBA on TNT or ESPN or whatever uh, channel you're watching the games on? The the playoffs are on, and I used to be a huge basketball fan. I mean, basketball was kind of my life for a little while. I play used to play basketball all the time, every day, as much as I could. Um, probably started. I mean, I started playing basketball when I was. I'm going to say seven or eight years old. Um, and then really didn't start getting into it till I was about t- probably 10, 11. And then it was just like, I couldn't get enough basketball. And then I just played more and more and more and more until I blew my knees out. And then less and less and less and less. <laughs> and then, and then one day um, I was at this summer camp because my band had gone to play music at this camp for the week. And I was at the summer camp and there was this cute girl there. Um, and I was hanging with her and she was like, do you play basketball? I love basketball. And I was like, hell yeah. I didn't say hell. Cause it was a Christian summer camp. I was like, uh, heck yes. Excuse my French. And then, um, so she was like, I'll play you one-on-one. And so we go to the basketball court, and I'm like, I'm going to show this girl who is the man of basketball. Now, mind you, I hadn't really played in years. And so um, I would thought it was like all the old me that hadn't played basketball in years, like all that old version of me as a basketball player would just come right back and I would have no struggle whatsoever. <laughs> I would just flow right back into my killer crossover because I was a Tim Hardaway fan and I practiced and practiced and practiced the uh, crossover. That was like my main move um, because as a, as a shorter basketball player, um, I was um, tasked with being a point guard and as a point guard, as a, a small point guard, I was uh, fast and quick on the dribble. And then my favorite thing to do was to cross somebody over, break their ankles, drive the lane, create the congestion with all the big guys coming in like, oh, I'm going to block that shit. And then pass out to um, an open man on the perimeter for a long, for a jump shot or a long three or something like that. I loved that because I was always like, that's what you get for, you know, coming after me and leaving your man open, you loser. And so <laughs> that was like my favorite thing to do. So crossover, drive the lane, assist to the guy on the outside. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I thought... I'm going to I'm I'm going to show this girl what's up with basketball cuz I mean she's a girl There's no way <laughs> I'm re- realizing now how stupid I was thinking this going in like how could she possibly be any good at basketball she's a girl <laughs> Dude she gives me the ball to start right you you take it first I drive the lane. This girl closes the lane so fast. And I'm going for for like the weakest one-arm layup probably I've ever thrown in my life. And she she not only shut down the lane but like put her palm on the ball so hard and put her like her entire force <laughs> hit me so hard, not a foul through the ball. Like she just put her body in front and just as I was jumping for this little layup, she went up in the air, hit the, the basketball so hard with so much force that I was laying on my back on the ground, looking up at the sky <laughs> with her standing over me going, 
oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Um, yeah, so multiple lessons learned. One, girls can be good at basketball. Uh, two, if you haven't played basketball in years, it does, it's not going to come back to you that fast. You <laughs> you have to put some time in. Um, and then uh, I guess also yeah, just the lesson of being embarrassed by that whole situation because, oh, my God, she shut me down so hard. And I was like, foul. <laughs> but it wasn't a foul. I was just, oh, I ended up, oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, um, so that was pretty much the end of my basketball career. Uh, the beginning of my basketball career wasn't really that much better because when I was a kid, uh, my brother Adrian and I were homeschooled and we played basketball for like two seasons in this uh, homeschool basketball league. And the kids were pretty dang good. I mean, it was a it was a competitive league. It wasn't like you know, my when I even when I hear myself say homeschool basketball league, I think of a bunch of like super nerds, um, <laughs> shoes on shoes are like too big socks. The socks like tube socks that that are too that don't have any elastic in them, so they don't stay up. They just kind of fall and bunch around the ankle. Um, little scrawny legs, glasses with tape in the middle. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. It wasn't a nerd fest. These were, these kids were like ballers. And, uh, I consider at the time I considered myself to be a baller. I mean, we were playing basketball seven days a week, um, without the league. And then, so then playing in the league was just that much more basketball. I was playing basketball all the time. And uh, the problem, what happened long-term was that we didn't have much money when I was a kid. So I had terrible shoes, um, the shoes that we could afford. And they they were not good on ankles or feet or for running or for really for anything. And then also most of the time when I was playing basketball, because I was not playing in the league all the time. Like I was playing as much street ball as I possibly could like for hours. So we're playing in on concrete or street and that surface will just tear you up. So my, I got like shin splints really bad. My ankles were all messed up and my knees were trash. I kept breaking fingers and stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, so the first time, I broke a finger, was in that basketball league, and uh, I went for a steal, and this kid was, it was like, I think there was a loose ball, and there was like three kids that were that were kind of going for the ball at the same time, and I stuck my hand in, and I hit this kid's shin bone with my finger, the tip of my finger, and it just like sent a wave, like a reaction of like a shockwave through my finger and it just shattered my knuckle. So that was fun. Um, and then I had to sit out for like six weeks or something. Couldn't play. And then I got that rehabbed and got back in the game. And then, uh, I remember we had a, we had a, a not, it wasn't a tournament, but it was a, Oh, a double header. That's what it was. And so this, uh, there was this girl that I liked that I went to church with and I thought she was my first girlfriend, you know? And, um, so I invited her to come watch the basketball game, and I was so excited because she was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll be there." And I, I, I mean, I couldn't believe that there was a chance that she could actually be there. But this was back in the day when, like, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have the internet. We had you ask a girl at church to do something on Saturday, and then you just pray she shows up. <laughs> and so, um, so I asked the girl at church, and then she, "Oh yeah, I'd love to go," whatever. And then, so I kind of, I like spent a little extra time combing my hair, you know, making sure my hair looked good for the game. I was like, not sure if she was going to show up or not. And then, um, she totally did show up and I was 
like I felt like I felt an extra level of energy. Like, <laughs> like I went from from all right, let's do this game to oh yeah, let's do this. Whoa! You know, I was like so stoked that this girl was there, cute little blonde. Oh man. Uh, her name was Amy and I was just, she was it for me. So Amy shows up to the game with her dad, which was highly intimidating and scary. Um, so I was both excited and terrified at the same time, but I was like, yes, she's here and I'm going to show her how much of a badass baller I am. And, and so we go to the little pregame um little meet meeting that they had with the players and the and the refs and the refs were giving us some weird instructions like before the game like okay um listen we got a lot going on here today there's a lot to watch for if you have if you feel like you've been fouled or something you need to really let us know you know make kind of make it like basically they were saying if you get slapped in the arm, scream, well, you know, get their attention basically. So, uh, the coach was like, Hey, uh, if something happens, man, just, you got to kind of make a big deal out of it. Otherwise they're not going to call it or they're not going to care. So we were like, okay. Um, so the game starts, I'm a starter. All right. That's a, this is new for me. Um, and so I get put up, put out there, and I'm I'm balling, man. I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> and so something. Let's see. How did it exactly play out? I was chasing a kid down for a loose ball. Somehow, loose ball in the backcourt. Okay, and me and this other kid are going for the ball. Somehow, I got a finger in the eye. Okay. Now, if you've never had a finger in the eye during a sporting event, it's it's like uh, it's like getting shot in the face. <laughs> and so, th- this kid slapped me, and his finger went in my eye. And all I remember was thinking, "That's a foul," um, and I need to make an issue out of it. So. I kind of did a flop basically. Uh but my my flop where I should have where I should have stopped was just like hit in the face, ah, fall back, fall down. Uh you know, oh my eye, you know, kind of stand up, walk it off kind of a thing, right? No, no. I rolled around. <laughs> I rolled around on the ground, on the court, like three times one direction, three times back the other way, kicking my feet, kicking my legs, like waiting for somebody to come rescue me from this massive head wound. Um, I just basically, yeah, I just rolled around on the ground until the coach came over and was like, what happened? And I was like, <laughs> I got poked in the eye. He's like, stand up. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I got poked in the eye. I can stand up. Wow. Um and then my eye basically felt like it was inverted and I had to sit out the whole rest of the game and the second game because I couldn't even open my my eye, my left eye. It was just I had it shut with like an ice pack over it and the girl left like at halftime. Or in between the two games or something. It was horrible. She she didn't get to see me play. She didn't even really talk to me. Cause I was sitting in the back of the <laughs> and then sitting in the back of the um the little gym there like crying. <laughs> and I was too embarrassed to go talk to her or anything. So she left. I think I waved from across the building. And then that was it. <laughs> and uh so that was kind of the beginning of my basketball career there. Um, I remember one time 
Well, I mean, it wasn't all bad because like the the time I broke my finger, that was in a in a like a shirts versus skin scrimmage with the team. Um, and so I was playing point guard, and uh, I got um, I scored six baskets. Yeah, count them: six, one, two, three, four, five, six. One handed. Oh yeah, I stayed in the game. I played the whole entire game. I remember I broke my finger. Um, I knew something was wrong because it hurt, and then I looked at it and it was like, oh, that's turning purple. And so kept playing the game. Couldn't use my my finger at all. Like it wouldn't move. It it would. I tried to move it and it was just stuck. Like in those in one position. Um, so I was like, that's probably not a good sign. And so I kept playing, and then. I remember looking down at my finger and I was swelling and then like my whole palm was turning purple. And, uh, so I ran over to my dad and I was like, Hey, um, I think I broke my finger. And, and he was like, let me see it. He looks and he's like, Oh, it's probably just jammed. And, uh, I was like, okay. He goes, yeah, get back out there. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> got back out there. Um, and, uh, played the rest of the game there. And, uh, um, one-handed you know because i couldn't use my left hand at all and so just played with the uh the one hand and i made six one-handed baskets that's pretty impressive for i was like i think i was 12 or 13 at the time um and so afterwards when we went home i show i told my mom like i hurt my finger in basketball she's like what happened i was like i hit hit this kid's leg and it I don't know. It's purple. Let me see it. I showed it to her. She goes, oh, my God, go to the hospital. I mean, it was like huge, swelled up. My whole finger was black and most of my palm <laughs> down into my wrist. And then it was like, you know, I couldn't move it. And so they cast, they, it got cast up and stuff. Not cast, but they put like a thing on it, like a splint thing. And... uh yeah, I had to sit out for the six weeks, but anyway, um, and then I, I just remember another time that, uh, when I was in the early days of learning how to be better at basketball, uh, I had this moment, I had my moment. Um, and, and so we, uh, I was on a, I was on a fast break, man. I was hanging back and, uh, the, my team got the rebound and I was back about, I guess I was kind of between the three-point line and half court. And so this the tall kid that got the rebound saw me open, passed it to me. Boy, I took off. I took off like a bat out of hell. I'm dribbling. I'm looking at the at the basket, right, where I'm headed. It's, it's like me and, and footsteps. That's all I hear is behind me is footsteps. So it's just me, the basket in front of me, and I turn back. I look back to see how close the defenders are. They're not close. There's nobody close to me. I'm totally on my own. This is, if I was uh, Jordan, this is my dunk, you know, but I'm 12, so there's not going to be a dunk, but this is like, this is it. And I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. And in my head, I was two steps away from the basket, from from a layup. And so I look back behind me. I stop dribbling the ball. I go into my layup, and I'm t- I'm talking like my layup was was epic. It wasn't like just uh, you know a little toss it up at the bottom of the basket to make sure it gets in there. No, no, no. My my layups were like, like, one like palming because I had huge hands for a twelve year old, so I could palm a basketball. So I'm like palm the basketball, like sides, like swinging the ball side to side. You know, like, like I'm gonna do a like a like a, a um, windmill dunk or something. So I like do this. I go into my step, step, step windmill for my layup and I look up at the basket 
I was at the top of the key, <laughs> like the free throw line, when when I was in the air of my second step, 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 right? In the air to do my layup, look up. I am like nowhere near the basket. <laughs> and so I just switch as fast as I could from layup to to shooting it and I just launched the ball at the rim totally missed like got laughed at the coach made me sit down <laughs> I got pulled out of the game oh dude that was so embarrassing and I was like wow okay that was a huge lesson learned like if you're going to if you're going to um, do an epic layup, you need to know where you're at on the court and <laughs> not just imagine where you are and fly into a phantom. I don't know. It was a mess. It was so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed. But uh, I wanted to say, watching this the NBA here, um, you know, my... Uh, I haven't really paid that close attention to basketball in the last couple of years. Once once sports start getting political, I get kind of burned out. I'm like, dude, I come to watch you because you're not you're not supposed to be political. You're just you're like my break from politics. You're you're my break from the real world. You, this is like battle. This is uh ar- ar- archaic warrior stuff, you know? It's like you're on the you're on a court or a field or in a ring or wherever your battleground is and you're battling it out for who the best is. I mean, this is like competition and, and stamina and skill. And it's all these things that I love about sports that I don't really want to hear politics injected into the sport. I just want it to be about sports. I want it to be about the, uh, the game, you know, even if it is uh, commercialized and there's a lot of product and stuff, I'm okay with that to an extent. It gets kind of annoying when they're when they have like you know you see somebody in like the NASCAR uniforms or the NASCAR cars where they're just completely covered in advertisements. I mean, that's kind of annoying. But um, and I, you know I think more and more I see I'm seeing more and more of that because even with the NBA this year they went to these uh, their uniforms they have over the left. On the left shoulder, they have um, advertisements for like Motorola or Loves or McDonald's or whatever. And I, I, I'm kind of annoyed by that. But it's like, dude, you don't have enough space everywhere else. Like everywhere you look on the on the court, uh, on the sidelines, you know, like everything is commercialized. Everything is, is an advertisement. And then you're going to stick it on your jersey too. I mean, what else can they sell? Are they going to start selling people's uh, hair shaving advertisements in the dude's hairs hair uh <laughs> what am i trying to say anyway you know what i mean hairs shave it in their hairs uh anyway so i i'm just saying i uh i kind of once once sports become political politicalized i i start to pull away and then i try to find some something else to watch that's not yet tainted um, but no matter what, I love playoff basketball. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. Like college basketball, March Madness is so much fun to watch because the level of competition is just brutal. Those guys have a never quit, never die attitude and their athleticism really, really comes out. Um, it's the same thing with the guys in the NBA. Once they're, once they're, uh, shooting for the finals, um, for the championship, you know, their their inner monster comes out and it becomes so competitive and it's so much fun to watch. So whether it's political or not, I always will watch um, playoff stuff. And so uh, I tend to like not really care that much during the year. And then when it gets to playoffs, I look at the standings and go, okay, here's who's playing who. And then I start watching. Um, but this year I was like, wow. Where did all these white guys come from? 
<laughs> and and I I know that's uh that's not like that's not an, something that I'm supposed to say, but it's not racist. I'm not being a racist. I'm just saying like I'm glad to see white guys making a comeback in basketball. There are a lot of white dudes on on the teams and and on the court, not just on the teams. Remember there for a while there was like one white guy per team and um he was like at the end of the he sat at the end of the bench maybe into the crowd a little bit or behind the bench and he was usually wearing a suit because he was perpetually injured <laughs> um but now it's like I see there's not only white guys on the bench there's white guys on the floor starters even and uh, yeah okay so like most of them are eastern europeans who are like uh championship ballers in the european league but that's okay they're still white dudes <laughs> and it's just like wow it's a different it's, where did all these white guys come from i don't know i don't know if i'm supposed to say that or not is that anyway where's my music Yo, 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 you can find the Tamale Mafia podcast anywhere. Just search it up. You can find it. I promise. I'd like to thank Ben Sound for this awesome transition music. Thank you, Ben Sound. You rock. And hey, you can join the conversation anytime over at Facebook dot com forward slash tamale mafia got a whole bunch of cool stuff coming up for you guys so keep tuning in subscribe so you can get the notifications when i post new episodes but new episodes do come out every monday and thursday but uh yeah it helps if you subscribe So speaking of racism, um, when I was a kid, things were way different when I was a kid. Like the uh, culture that I grew up in was not near as sensitive as as uh, it is now, where people are just like bitching and moaning and crying over everything. It wasn't like that back then, and uh, we could get away with stuff a lot better. A lot easier <laughs> um, if it was 
funny. But even things that weren't funny, like, you know, I grew up traveling a lot, so traveled around the country and moved a lot. But when I was um, probably when I was between the ages of five and ten, I lived in one place in Texas, uh, a small town. And that town had a uh, a slogan, like you could go there and um see they had postcards, right? And then and the postcard would be a picture of of the old like downtown black and white picture, and there's a banner hanging, and the banner would say, "Greenville, Texas, the blackest land and the whitest people." Like, that was their town slogan, the blackest land, the whitest people. And they were cool with that. Everybody was cool with that. Now, things had changed a little bit by the time I got there, because I got there in the 80s, right? So I don't think they were allowed to hang the banner anymore, but the, state, the same basic mentality existed. And, uh, you know, so racism back then was a different kind of thing. And... My dad was raised also in a different time when uh, racism was a whole different thing. He had experienced it um, in the 60s and 70s. And so he had kind of a different view, but uh, because of what he had experienced and and actually witnessed and seen and and lived through. Uh, But so when I was a kid... um, he would play this game and this game was not like it was not meant to be racist. It was, it was like for, it was like funny. And so we, um, we would sit down. It was like our favorite thing to do. We it's on Saturday mornings. He would get the newspaper and then we would sit down and, and so we would play this game called guess the black uh, that's what he called it. Guess the black. And then he would read off a list of names. There'd be like three or four names and you had to guess which, which was the black. <laughs> it was like thinking back, I'm like, Oh my God, did we really do that? We did do that when I was a kid. Yeah. We played guess the black and then he would read a name and be like, okay, Jennifer, Rosemary, Sarah, Shantavia, and then you know we were all we were little kids. So we raised our hand. Uh, yeah, Shantavia. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck, man?" I mean, and it wasn't like he was trying to be a a, a racist at all. My dad wasn't a racist. I mean, he he had uh he had a reputation for working with homeless and working with people in the inner cities and stuff. I mean, he was respected for that stuff. So he wasn't a racist. He didn't have problems with that. He was just he was a he was a comedian. You know? And so it was like it was going for the joke. It wasn't going for for uh some trying to be mean or vindictive to anybody or trying to be hurtful. It was just going for the laugh. And it, I mean, that is dude, that is funny. Okay. If you didn't laugh at guess the black, then, uh, then I don't know. It's, it's like, you got to calm down, dude. I mean, comedy is supposed to push the boundaries and kind of make you a little bit uncomfortable. It comes from a place of discomfort that's where comedy comes from. Like if you look back in the old, uh, the only people that were allowed to make fun of the king were the jesters. And those jesters were very good at their jobs because they could make fun of the king and they would. And it would make people very uncomfortable. But out of that discomfort comes laughter. And so comedy has always been about pushing the boundaries and kind of making you think outside the box and, and trying to be a little bit unorthodox. And, Comedians should be able to say things that that get away with saying things that most people can't, but you have to look at intent, right? I mean, I know that uh, a lot of times intention is is not given credence because intention doesn't change the fact if somebody's feelings get hurt or not. 
So it's like, yeah, well, you didn't intend to hurt their feelings, but you did. Okay, but you have to look at intention, right? With uh, with certain behaviors, certain things like, what is the intent of this of guess the black? What was the intent of guess the black? Was it to make us hate black people? No, the intent of guess the black was to have a laugh with our dad. Um, and that's what it produced. Right, that was the intention, and that's what it did. And so you have to look at intent. Was was it malicious, racist behavior? Absolutely not. Was it meant to hurt anybody? No, not at all. It's like you know, I created this other game as I got older because I was thinking about Guess the Black and um, how we played that as a kid. And and I so I made this other game one time. And it didn't last very long because I couldn't really share it with too many people. But the the game was called Wigger Real. Wig? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait. Wig or real. And the concept of the game was that I would take a picture of the back of somebody's head. You know, because you don't want to be blatant uh, about it. You just kind of want to be subtle. And so you just randomly take a picture of the back of some random person's head. And then you send that picture to somebody. And you just ask the question, wig or real? And, uh, you know, then they have to guess. And, you know, like... Sometimes, sometimes the best place for um, subject matter when playing wig or real is uh, a black church on a Sunday morning <laughs> because the wigs come out and the, they're fancy and they're wild and... They make for great content for the wig or real game. But you can't really play wig or real, can you? Can you really? Can you can you play uh wig or real in today's climate? Could can that be a real game? Hell no. I couldn't even share it with that many people because even in talking about it, people are like, Oh my god. Did you really do that? And like, uh, no, I was kidding. But it's not to to demean or belittle anybody. I mean, there's some, there's a lot of white dudes walking around with rugs on their head, and they make for great content too. Um, but you know, it's not to point any race group out as much as it is about just trying to be funny and have some fun. So, uh, am I, am I, uh, uh, (laughs) do I have some issues? (laughs) Am I, am I damaged? Um, because I played guess the black when I was a kid and, and it probably caused me to grow up and create a game called wig or real. (laughs) Probably. I'm probably a product of multiple traumas and horrible experiences. <laughs> um, but I mean, you could think what you want, man. I really don't care if you're going to be offended, then whatever. Get your wig in a twist. Hmm. <laughs>
All right, all right, all right. Well, I guess I've said it all. I've probably said plenty here. <laughs> probably said too much. Probably like 90% of the stuff in this uh, episode should be left out. Maybe at 90. Nine. Maybe 9%. I don't know. Anyway... recording this on uh, Wednesday night and I got to get up and go to work at 6 in the morning. Early shift coming up next two days. Whoop whoop. So uh, I think we've I think we've done it all here. I gotta gotta call it quits guys. Time to go. Time to go home. Pack it up. <laughs> I was fishing with Dax on Tuesday and uh, man it was like okay buddy we gotta go. Oh yeah, okay. Um, let me just get one more cast in. He's got like three pulls out. So one more cast on each one. <laughs> like, buddy, we really gotta go. Oh, okay, yeah. Then he caught a a rainbow trout. Dude, he handlined a rainbow trout. It was awesome. I bought this little tiny fishing pole. It's like eighteen inches long. And. We were fishing with it, and it's so funny to use because it's so tiny. But it's a legit fishing pole. It's just tiny. And so um, so we were using that and kind of laughing about how awkward it is and just how stupid it looks to use this tiny fishing pole. Um, so anyway, we are using that, and then he was messing around with something else, and he looked over, and the line was just running. He didn't even pick up the the little tiny pole. He just grabbed the line and and pulled it with his hand and uh it had he had hooked a fish. And so he just handlined it in. <laughs> he just pulled it in with his hands and and brought it up and it was a nice little rainbow trout. Um but you know, it was like, "Okay, dad, one more cast. Okay, dad, one more cast." And I was like, "Dude, we really got to go. We're going to be late getting you back home to your mom's." Like okay, one more cast, and uh, it's like man, that's how you know you're having a good time, right? And that's kind of how I feel right now. It's like, well, I really gotta go. I should cut this podcast off. You guys are probably stopped listening about thirty minutes ago, but you know I'm having fun here and uh, telling embarrassing stories from my youth. <laughs> oh man, I got some more. I'll I'll tell next week. Um, I got some more embarrassing stories. Oh my goodness. I did some real stupid stuff when I was a kid. So if you like hearing um, stories from my past of me doing stupid stuff, <laughs> then uh, stay tuned because uh, I'm going to probably, I'm going to try to bring more of those stories out because, you know, it's okay. It's good to laugh at your own pain, right? But uh, anyway said it all said plenty there's so many morals of the story from this episode there's girls can play basketball don't underestimate the power of practice Um, know where you are on the court of life or on the court of basketball before you start your epic layup. Um, judge somebody by intent, right? Don't just cross them off the list as being racist. Anyway, I don't know. Lots of... Lots of... Morals. But, uh... All right, you guys have a great one. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Peace out. The Tamale Mafia Podcast is brought to you by me. Tamale Mafia Podcast is everywhere. Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Podcast Addict, and a bunch of other places. 
to join the conversation, go to the Tamale Mafia Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia. Today's intro music was brought to you by Lim, L-I-M-N, and me. Our transition music was brought to you by bensound.com. For more royalty-free music, check out bensound.com. Our outro music is brought to you by Lim. For more mind-blowing intellectual electronic tracks, go to soundcloud.com slash getlim. That's L-I-M-N. And as always... Thanks for listening.